This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 17. I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you care. Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese film Goodfellas one heisty minute at a time. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Is that a word? I am, I am Josh Flanagan. Uh, with me are uh, Ron Richards. Hello. And Connor Kilpatrick. I saw nothing. Hey, como se va? 
<laughs> I was about to say save it, but I was like, no, that's now. Uh, minute 17 starts uh, with the with the truck driver. Uh, we just seen him exit his truck, and now he's walking towards the diner. So there's, there's a truck driver on the move. Uh, and it ends with Frankie the Wop. <laughs> Not always allowed to say that, so I really enjoyed that. We're, you're going to be allowed to say a lot of words in this podcast that normally we're not allowed to say. Including. I'm not going to say the ones from this minute. Say <laughs> that much. So, so we got two things going on here in this in the beginning of this minute. You've got the narration picking up from the last minute of uh, Henry Hill explaining the importance of Isle Wild Airport, while probably the easiest crime in history happens. Is it? A, yeah. yeah, I guess it is a crime. They, they yeah. yeah, yeah, they paid off a lot of those drivers to just walk away from their trucks. Yep, which is what happens here. But what's interesting is in the last, so Idlewild becomes like the big cash cow for this crew, and the Gambinos as well. I think it. I think. Well, yeah, it yeah. Well, it was the I, Idlewild when it opened was in the territory of the Lucchese crime family. So right. what what means that that the Lucchese crime family. What like had it you know like geographically it was theirs and specifically within the Lucchese crime family at this time Paul Vario was in charge of it. And but then, also, and but then, also, also the I, uh, the Colombo the Colombo family. Yeah, well, through different agreements and handshakes and things like that, the Colombos as well as the Gambinos got in on the action. Right. So. But geographically, it was the Varios, and uh, and that's what and that's what Henry kind of explains is that like uh, I think the quote was, and the quote was actually in the book in the Wise Guy as well, is that uh, it was it was easier than Citibank whenever they needed money, they just robbed the airport. Well, what's interesting though is that so they mentioned in the last minute that thirty billion dollars worth of cargo went through the airport, but that, a year and yeah. in 1967, the year this actually takes place, uh, they only. If you're being generous, they only stole about ten million dollars worth of stuff. Well, yeah, which they, means they didn't they either weren't very good at it, or they were lazy. <laughs> well, so look at this though. It, like right away, it's clear that like there's a whole system that you really just need to plug yourself into. Yeah. Like if you're set up there, you don't have to work that hard, and you don't have to be that smart. So there's a lot of guys who's like, oh, this is great, it's working out, it's easy. Which kind of takes away from their impressiveness, I suppose. Like well, they'd already paid everybody off. You just had to go do a thing, and you could be a moron. Well, it, it was inter- it was interesting that that also like and and then is just that it was happening, but also it wasn't being prosecuted, too. Like sure. like like the, the so many people were on the take, and so many things, you know, like and they mentioned it here. Whereas that if anybody complained, they would just pull their union lever because the mob controlled the unions. And threaten a strike or something like that. And so they were able to put a stranglehold on the airport and on the police by threatening to not have the to shut the airport down because they controlled the unions that were the baggage handlers, that all those unions that made the airport run were all mob run. Right. So it was just more. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Connor. I mean, it was I, I think there was a the, in 1967, they calculated how much cargo had been stolen. And up to that point, it was like two point two million dollars in six. Well, that's what was yeah. that was what was publicly yeah. admitted. But they also stole two and a half million dollars in bear bonds. And they yeah. stole, and it doesn't count anything that was stolen from trucks like in this scene that yeah. weren't actually on the property of the airport at the time. So I just extrapolated. Let's say they did three times that and did still ten million dollars worth yeah. of stuff. That's still well, a I, small percentage of the thirty billion going through there. That's yeah, well, a ton in the, of in money the, though. In, in you the, couldn't do you couldn't steal half of it. I mean it wouldn't work. Yeah, the, the report that I read that said two point two million dollars, I did it through the calculator and that's fifteen million in today's dollars. Right. So yeah. So um and I mean it's funny to, to think about what a, test. Taste. What, a, what a what a black hole the airport became. Like imagine now like you don't get a package from Amazon and you freak out like 
on the regular trucks went missing. Well, that's the thing is that I was like, trucks. Yeah. It's the graft of airports over. Yeah. Like it'd have to be like, it doesn't work that way at all. Well, yeah. Well, uh, I um, wouldn't, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> um, but so, yeah. So, so the truck driver just saunters across the parking lot, gives they, uh, a, a eerie, they all, they all look at each other. And You're not then, kidding about the sauntering. Yeah, exactly. He's a sauntering. So this uh, the truck driver is pay, played by an actor named Bob Golub, uh, oh. who, you, who you might recognize. Uh, he was in the movie Art School Confidential, and he's also been in uh, the TV show Comedy Bang Bang. So yes. uh, he's a local New York City uh, actor guy. Um, yeah, so there you go. And he is very upset that his truck got stolen. Is he? Stolen. He's an excellent <laughs> actor. I got to tell you. His his performance from going back into the diner and the like he he sells it. He's yeah, got his he does. walk on. He's yeah. got his hip sashay in. He goes. He's, he also he sells the surprise up. of oh my truck's gone. Yeah, yeah. And it it is it is uh, all shown in one of the most beautifully framed shots. Uh, what 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 got me is that it's one steady shot. He yeah. the, he comes in. The diner guy hands him a brown paper bag, which I want to know what's in the bag. The same note. Yeah. <laughs> what did he order from a diner that came in that little bag? <laughs> right. And then he caught coffee. Did, it's did not he, that. Did he call ahead, or did like how did the diner guy know, or like it was very regular? Yeah. And so he picks up his brown paper bag, goes outside, stands there for a beat, and then goes back in, and then blames the local minorities. Dude. <laughs> Just the local ones. Though. The local ones. Yeah. <laughs> Would that shot look at the cars on the on the freeway and try to pick out a newer model car? <laughs> I didn't. Because it wouldn't count. Because this is now still twenty five years ago. So yeah. Be like, yeah. yeah but but yeah. No. The, this shot. This shot. I mean, how it picks up and tracks with him, and then follows him down the counter to the payphone. Um. As he as he's I guess he's calling nine one one. I guess or whatever. Reporting it. The only the only problem with his uh, no. He's going to call his dispatcher. That's yeah. who he's going to. Yeah. The only problem with his performance is that he clearly knows which way the payphone is. <laughs> he demands where the payphone is, but he's on his way there. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, he comes really, in and goes, you, you got, hey, you got a phone as he's walking to it. <laughs> not really anywhere to go in there anyway. There's that well, he's wall. Clearly, he's clearly a regular. I mean, <laughs> this is his stop uh, from, on the way from the airport. Yeah. <laughs> He's flustered, and I also and I also like as he's picking up the phone and says the local minority. He goes, "Can you believe that?" With his hands, like in a very Italian gesture. Like, yeah. <laughs> I like when he turns around, like his shirt's kind of tucked in weird, and yep. it's kind of rumpled, like he had been sitting in a truck all day. Like he tucked it in and was sitting in the truck all day, and it kind of got pulled up. Yep. I was just he doesn't like, look like he's a truck driver. It looks like he should be going to the track. Well, he just well, it's the early '60s. I mean, I feel like this might be. I mean, it's a working man's jacket. That's what men look like. Yeah. <laughs> That's real men. All right. So moving on, we get a transition. We so do. This is this very is boring big. first first half of this minute, but then <laughs> then it delivers. <laughs> so now we're going to the Bamboo Lounge, which, fun fact, the Bamboo Lounge interiors here were all shot at the Hawaii K, which was a one of the original t- new tiki bars in New York City. It was uh, located in Manhattan, and it was open from 1961 until basically 1989. They basically shot the movie here, and then the bar closed. That's the that's the Hawaiian Tropic on 49th and Lex, right? No, no? F- uh, Broadway and 50th. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually close to there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So in real life, the restaurant was called the was was indeed called the Bamboo Lounge, and it was actually uh, it was on the on Rockaway Parkway and Avenue N in Canarsie, Brooklyn, and uh, it was owned by uh, a guy who went by the name of Sonny Bamboo, uh, whose real name was Angelo McConnick, and happened to be Paul Vario's brother-in-law. 
So. And in the movie, yeah. uh, his character's name is Sunny Buns. Yep. So well, we're going to get to him in the we're next gonna, one. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get, yeah, we're gonna you get said the name. Him. I know, I know, but th- that's the person who owns it. We'll, we'll, we'll meet him in a little bit. All right. Um, but this is, this is the, one of the more famous sequences in this film. There's lots of really famous sequences, clearly, but this is one of the most famous sequences in the, in the film, yeah. which we're introduced to just an unending line, cavalcade of stars of of mafia names that are just wonderful. So, so before we get into the names, uh, we got we we got a little music change, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is uh, this world we love in. Il cielo una stanza. Oh, that was good. Very good. Was it? Yeah, it was good. Il cielo una stanza. By Mina. <laughs> Mina? I don't Mina, know. Mina. Uh, Mina released in 1960. How do you say that in Italian? Like <laughs> jeez. Oh, I don't know. Oh, there, I can put you on the spot. <laughs> Milicento, uh, I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Go on. Go on. Go on. <laughs> 400,000 copies and was number one in the charts for Italy in Italy for 14 weeks. Think about that. This this operatic kind of little Italian song sold 400,000 copies. Well, today that would be the biggest song in the world. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So we get introduced to uh, we get introduced to the crew, to the, well, the folks that hang out at the Bamboo Lounge. We start with, uh, there was Jimmy, Tommy, and me, or Henry. We know them, so we're going to go past them. But they're part of the crew, so it's important to start with them. Yep. And then the first uh, guy that we meet as we're going through it is uh, Anthony Stabile. Yep. What can you tell us about Anthony Stabile? So uh, Anthony Stabile uh, uh, was worked with in the crew, and he at one point he became friends with Henry Hill and helped Henry cover up an affair from his wife. It's uh, it's weird that he would do that. Yeah. Late, later on uh, in the seventies, Anthony Stabile actually became involved in the narcotics traffic trafficking with Henry Hill and Tommy D and and Jimmy uh, later on. Um, and in nineteen eighty five, Anthony Stabile was found shot in the head, gangland execution style, um, in the trunk of his Cadillac in Prospect Park, Brooklyn, that was also burning. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Overkill. Yeah. <laughs> really wanted to get it in there so <laughs> so yeah, that's anthony stabile he was he was the, the nothing other more interesting than the way he died he was just a uh, a a good soldier it seems to be. he was yeah so. he, was, he was an enforcer yep exactly and he was actually named anthony stabile a lot of these other people had their names changed other than the, the, there's an interesting but, there's an interesting mix between real names and well, there's some made-up names i think the difference is he's de- he was dead oh yeah yeah when they made the movie he's dead so it doesn't matter whereas yeah. you know jimmy conway was alive paul Vario right. was alive so right. Maybe that's it. <laughs> I don't want to get sued by these guys. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't be even talking about it. Uh, moving along, uh, I don't know that it's everybody's favorite, but I know it's somebody's favorite, Frankie Carbone. <laughs> He's has, pretty awesome. Who has the best non-dialogue dialogue in maybe any movie ever. Every scene is gold. Every <laughs> scene is gold. It's a combination of Italian and mumbling, and it's fantastic. It doesn't matter if he says anything. Hey, como se va? Como se va, Jizzy? Frankie Carbone uh, is an example of a guy who who is actually named uh, Angelo Seppi. Yep. Uh, who is not named Frankie Carbone at all. He was uh, he was a tough guy. He was described as a crazy guy, uh, a lot like uh, a lot like Tommy, just sort of sort of a wild man that you wouldn't uh, want anything to do with. A lot of the crew didn't like him apparently because he was a weirdo. Ah. And uh, one thing that he would do. He would like take in every animal that he could find. <laughs> it didn't matter the species or or anything. Like he would rescue animals and he would bring them to his house, but he would never spay or neuter them or bring them to a vet or take care of them. He would just let them run wild in his home. Wow. 
and he was uh, killed. He's like, he's like Uncle Billy, and it's a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. He was killed <laughs> in the basement of, of that home uh, with his girlfriend at the time. Oh, that's too bad. That's how he went down. Um, interesting note on uh, he's, he's played by Frank Sivero, uh, who not only was in The Godfather 1 and 2 as an extra, but was also the first time I ever saw him was in Happy Days, where he played the character Pockets. <laughs> was, was that character a mobster? No, he was like he was a street tough. He was like a Fonzie, uh, a compatriot of Fonzie. Okay. So yeah. So there you go. Nice. Did um, he have? He was also in the Wedding Singer, and then he sued uh, the Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> for like a billion dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and he also sued a deli in L.A. for selling a Frankie Carbone special with his photo. So, <laughs> I get that. Yeah, that was interesting. All right, so he moving on. Simpson suit? Do we? All I ever heard is that he brought. I can't imagine what happened. Suit so was tossed out. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, then from there, we got uh, not Mo Black, but Mo Black's brother, Fat Andy. Again, <laughs> they don't explain who Mo Black is. It doesn't really matter, but you do need to know that it's his brother, Fat Andy. And this one might be one of the best of all. Please. Uh, <laughs> do you have historical stuff here before we get to the real stuff? Uh, um, historical stuff on the on – the, no, no. On actually, there's, 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 actually, to be honest with you, I could not find who Fat Andy is supposed to be. He's mentioned in Wise Guy in a similar scene when Henry Hill's rattling off the names of everybody. There's Fat Andy, but he never gives a last name. And all the research I did to figure out who Fat Andy was, I was unsuccessful. It's a tough couple of very common words. Unlike... I can't it, imagine a lot of a- monsters named Andy, though. Yeah, I know. But I, I couldn't find it. Although, tease for tomorrow's episode, because I did uncover the identity of somebody that was also similarly hard, and I found it. So stay tuned right. for tomorrow. So. But, uh, but I feel like the real life of the actor playing Fat Andy overshadows anything the real Fat Andy could have ever done. <laughs> so, Louis Eppolito played Fat Andy... And at the time, Louis Apolita was a detective in the NYPD. <laughs> uh, also, in addition to being a detective in the NYPD, he was a hitman for the Lucchese crime family. <laughs> at the same time. Um, and I remember this, actually, when I lived in New York, when he was finally uh, charged with this. This was, uh, uh, I think he was charged not that long ago. I think it was, it was, a, it was the early 2000s. 2006, he was convicted. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, him and his partner, turns out, <laughs> it was like racketeering, no, and, it's, uh, I have the whole list of charges. They okay. were convicted of labor racketeering, extortion, narcotics, illegal gambling, obstructions of just, obstruction of justice, eight counts of murder and conspiracy to commit murder. <laughs> and all these charges stem from the 80s and early 90s in New York and in the 2000s in Vegas. Yeah, these, these, this, these are bad guys. This is not the first guy on this long list of people that's going to uh, end up in jail in terms of actors. <laughs> He's currently serving life sentence in prison. I think it's life plus 80 years. Yeah. Are you still able to get residuals in that situation? <laughs> no, there's the, 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 there's the Son of Sam laws. You, don't, you can't oh. profit. Yeah. Oh. oh. No, you can't profit off your crimes. This, these would be profiting off his well, crimes. Yeah. Almost. I guess well, it is. I'm sure the residuals from this and Predator 2 and Lost Highway probably are keeping his family <laughs> in food. Because <laughs> he was also an actor. Like, what? Like, how did this happen? Like, he was a cop, he was a hitman, and an actor. He was not lazy. A modern renaissance man, really. <laughs> In a way. In a way. Yep. There's a lot of, lot of tough guys on the set of this film. Yeah. Uh, and then finally. Step on. Finally, the last, uh, to close at the minute, we meet Frankie the Wop. Yep. Frankie the Wop. Who is based on Frank Ma- Manzo. Um, who. 
I'm That's sorry. almost a better name. Frank Manzo? Yeah. Manzo. Wow. Yeah. Um, who, uh, all I could find on him was that he owned the Villa Capra restaurant in Cedarhurst, New York, which is on the south shore of Nassau County, right next to Queens. Um, and the guy who plays him, Tony Lip, was in The Sopranos. He was a big, he was a big guy in The Sopranos. A lot of well, Sopranos. The, the yeah. Villa Capra was one of their main hangouts before, yeah. uh, before Henry got his, his restaurant. But, yeah, Frankie the Wap was also a real guy. So also yeah. another real name. That's a, it's a rarity. Yep. There you go. So there you it's go. Like it's actually a WAP. Frankie the WAP. That's so. nice. Uh, does anybody have any other notes for this minute? Yes. The fuck count remains at zero. Uh, <laughs> we had, if you recall, if you listened to yesterday's episode, you know, we also had zero. And last week, I think we only had one. But uh, we're, we're going to start ramping it up real soon. Well, it's we've coming. been largely living in the narration. So it, it, would, yeah. it, would, it would seem that Henry Hill's narration does not swear all that often. No, <laughs> not, not, not at all. Right. Okay. Up to this point. That's it's coming. Though. coming. It's I'm coming tomorrow. It's coming Teaser for tomorrow. Yep. I know. It's not, it's not zero. <laughs> it's coming. See Um. All right. Well, I suppose that'll do it for this minute, number seventeen. Um. Coming tomorrow for number eighteen. Till then, check us out on Twitter at uh, Goodfellas Min, Instagram and Facebook at Goodfellas Minute, and you can find all of our episodes at GoodfellasMinute.com. Uh, you can also go there and uh, go to GoodfellasMinute.com slash support to find out how to do that, and we'll talk about that more later. Uh, you have any questions, anything to note, email us at contact at goodfellasminute.com. Uh, until tomorrow, I am Josh. I'm Connor. And I'm Ron. Como se va? will I go from rags to return? My fate is on.